for it. Turn me to Proverbs 6. We got to be ready for life. Of course, you want to be rapture ready. You want to be ready for when the king comes. You don't want to miss that one. But also life, how many would recognize that life happens? Does life send you a notice? Hey, by the way, I'm going to be coming in three days and cause a problem in your life. Problems just come. And you got to be ready. You know, it's like... How many, how many want to be ready? I mean, I'm not just talking about ready for when Jesus comes. That's the big picture. But how many want to just be ready for life? Amen? I mean, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit about the ant today out of Proverbs. But how many are, are ready for those ads on whatever news station you watch? As soon as end of March comes around and April, you're going to start seeing the ads about being hurricane ready. Why is that? We live in Florida. They're probably already showing them in Puerto Rico because Puerto Rico is right in the belt. Right? But how many of us are going to get hurricane ready? I know my house is, and that's for two reasons. One, because I want to be ready for my family. Well, there's three reasons. Two, I don't want to be really caught up in that frenzy that happens Every year. Like, one time, it made us late for a cruise. Hurricane Dorian was coming. We were going on a cruise, praise God. I wanted front row seats for hurricane winds, amen? But I went out to just grab a couple last-minute things for the cruise. And one of them things was to have some more gas in the cans so that it, when we got back, we had power, we needed power, and the lines for the gas were just, uh, even traffic was just crazy. And this was like a week and a half before the hurricane actually even came. First off, I don't like lines. I can't stand standing in. My daughter will testify for me. I will scour to find the shortest line, and I'm going to get in it. And then I keep looking for the shorter line. I'll move and go to this one that's moving. If I'm stuck, and in tra I would rather drive 20 minutes out of my way to get somewhere without stopping than to have to sit in traffic. So that's one reason. I don't want to wait in line. But I also want to make sure that if something happens, that my family doesn't go without. Got gas for the generators. Got the cords to run throughout the house. Even have uh, a, a, I got portable burners and, and a portable toaster oven so my wife can make her salmon that she likes. Praise God. Amen. And I could uh, maybe make one of my pieces if I have any left. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> I'm just busting Chris's chop. He's laughing and you got attitude. What's up with that? <laughs> He's he laughing and she going, huh? That's just how, that, that's, that's just that's that, that thing. But anyway, turn me to Proverbs 6. We got to be ready for life. 
Of course you want to be rapture ready. You want to be ready for when the king comes. You don't want to miss that one. But also life, how many would recognize that life happens? Does life send you a notice? Hey, by the way, I'm going to be coming in three days and cause a problem in your life. Problems just come. And you got to be ready. You know, it's like one of the things, and, you know, I got to use Faith for an example because she's here. And, um, but one of the things that we're trying to instill in her, and my wife is, we're diligent about it, is putting money aside for savings. Every, every check, she takes a certain percentage out, 10 for tithe, 10% for tithe, and then there's another percentage she takes out, and she, as hard as it is, she turns it over to her mother, <laughs> and it sits with the rest of the 20% she has put in since the first paycheck she's gotten. And she can't touch it. Even whatever she thinks is an emergency, she can't touch it. But let me tell you, there will be a day and a time if she continues that process. When something, like, when something breaks at her house and she doesn't have a warranty on it no more, she'll have that little, some people call it a rainy day fund that you can go and you can make stuff happen. And that's what we're trying to teach in her. She's being, we're trying to teach her to be prepared and to be ready for things that come up in life. Because life's not going to send you a notice. Life's just going to come knocking on your door. Life may not even knock. It may just kick its way through. Amen? So turn, so turn to Proverbs 6, verse 6. And we'll start reading in 6, and we will go all the way to 11. And it says, Go to the ant, thou sluggard, and consider her ways, and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer, and gathereth food in the harvest. How wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, and a little slumber, and a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth, and thy want as an armed man. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. You see, this is a, this is a scripture about being prepared. The sluggard sits back and says, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. The ant has no leader, but the ant knows I need to start storing stuff for when winter comes. So we got to start storing things in our spiritual life to get us through those times that come in our, in our life. I'm not just, I'm talking, sometimes enemy wants, wants to mess up your life. He's going to bring things in your life to try to get you off the path to follow God. But if you're daily preparing for things that may come into your life spiritually, you're ready for them when they come. You know, you're not like, oh, you don't get all freaked out about it and scared and worried and, you know, you know that your God's going to provide. You know, the ant gathers up for the harvest. We need to be people who are daily gathering up the word on the inside of us. Now, I know we all have jobs. We all have, we can't just sit. It'd be great if we could all just sit around and study the word and praise God all day long and everything would, you know, manna would pour out from heaven for us and we wouldn't have to work. But, that, but we have to work. We have to, you know, my wife and I, we work a lot of hours. We don't really stop working. We go home. We, we continue working. Why is that? One, because we're, you know, saving for future, but also our working so hard keeps this place guaranteed to be open forever, praise God. Amen. So that there's never this place, like when we, when we want to put down a new floor, we don't have to even think about it. We just do it because we work and we tie and we sow and the money's there, praise God. 
But we also prepare, we work hard spiritually. We always, like um, nine out of ten times, I'm, I can't read stuff because I'm actually working on stuff, but I can have something running in the background. Like I've told you, know, we're preparing for this men's group. I'm, I'm on my fourth go-through of the book that we're studying from. And I'll probably be on number nine or ten by the time it happens because I want, I want every part of that book on the inside of me as I'm preparing and as we're teaching. Because I, 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 I want my men in this church, not my men, but God's men that he has put me over, I want them to be ready for when something comes their way. I want them to be the ones that their wives run to and know that, wow, my, my man's going to talk to God and God's going to take care of this, amen? Because unfortunately, in a lot of households all across America, it's the women who are closer to God. And the men are the ones we have to rise up and get closer to God. But we need to be ready. How do you get ready? First off, if you don't know Jesus, the first step is you need to get Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Be, be ready for his coming and be ready for the rapture. And then now that just makes you ready for life. Because now, like, like that, that song we sang, same power, greater is the same power that was used, that was raised Jesus from the grave lives on the inside of you and me. That's resurrection power. That's a power to change a negative situation into a positive situation. And how does that happen? Because I'm preparing daily with the word of God on the inside of me where words of faith will come out of my mouth rather than words of the situation. And a lot of times we do that a lot. We speak what the situation says about the thing, but not what my faith says about the thing. Why do you think David said, you come, into, you come at me with sword and javelin and spear, but I come at you in the name of the Lord? All I got is these five little stones and this little sling, but I come in the name of the Lord and I'm going to take you down. See, if, you got, if you've got Jesus on your side, you don't need anything else. Amen? Someone starts talking bad about you. Someone starts lying. How many, how many have ever had someone lie on you? Huh? Anybody? So, so we've all had someone lie on us at one time or another. How many like that experience? It's horrible. Because you're like, oh, my God, what if other people believe it? Oh, well, if you know that Jesus is your advocate and you got faith and trust in him, you'll be like, Lord, you and I both know that I didn't do what they say and I did. I'm giving this to you and let you sort it out. And he'll expose the lie. But not a lot of us would be like, we got to try to fix it. We got to prove that we didn't do it and go through all these crazy things. There's no period at all. That's a big question mark. And, 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 and we have no idea. And we get freaked out and stressed out and troubled. And we start doing other things. And then we start believing the lie that they said about us. We can't be. We got to be people that are just ready for life. You know, I got a lot of people think, oh, well, you should be talking more about Jesus is coming. Yeah, he's coming. We all know that. He's coming quicker than a lot of us want to believe. But if we're not ready for everyday life, we're not doing ourselves good while we're waiting on him to come. And part of, part of being ready for him to come is to be ready for everyday life. We need to be witnesses of, of him everywhere we go, everything we do. We gotta, people got to 
And not because we wear a shirt that says World Harvest Worship Center or we wear a shirt that has a fancy scripture on it or whatever. But we wear, we wear uh, uh, like them brothers who were here last week. They had colors on from the bike gang they were in. Amen. Well, we, we, got, we got colors that we wear called the blood of Jesus. Amen. We got colors that we wear because we got the fruit of the spirit when we go out into the community. But preparation, prayer. How many in here, I won't ask you to raise your hands, but. If you're not, you should be praying daily. Even if it's just in the morning, waking up, saying hello to Jesus and surrendering your day to him. That is a start. And then when you're riding in your car, you can be praying while you're listening to, well, to the music. If you're listening to Christian music, you could probably be praying. But if you're listening to Jay-Z, you might have a hard time praying. <laughs> Amen. You can't be like, oh, yeah, heaven hall. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> In New York, right? But you can, you can be praying even when you're talking to other people in your spirit. You can be praying. You can be communicating with God. All, all prayer is is communication with God. A lot of us want to make it all like, Oh, Holy Father in heaven above, I've come to you to discuss my situations with you. If that's how you pray, that's fine. But you can just be like, Lord, I'm, I'm driving, and I have no idea where I've, I've been in situations where I had no idea where I was. Back in the days, see, back in, in the days, see, I'm old enough to remember when there was no GPS. <laughs> I mean, when you had to use Yahoo Maps or MapQuest. And, and, and what those things would do, they wouldn't tell you that they didn't know where you were going. They would give you directions, and then they would leave you in the center of the city that you were looking for. So I'm driving a van for Teen Challenge. I got 15 men with me, and we're headed to go do ministry at a church. I have no idea where we are. Dropped us off in the middle of Hartford, Connecticut. And if you haven't been to Hartford, Connecticut, you don't want to be in the middle of Hartford, Connecticut. And I, I just had to be like, Holy Spirit, help me get where I need to go. And he led us there, and we got there. Funny story about being on ministry. Same group of brothers, Teen Challenge. We drove a program van, which was a van, and it had all tinted windows. And we, we went to the Bronx, very, very um, Spanish um, barrio. <laughs> it was a barrio in the, in the Bronx. Barrio, hood, okay, hood. And so I get out the van, and I'm dressed like this. And I had these little Michael Weston light glasses on, right? Little, 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 little glasses like this. And had a van full of brothers. They all got out in, in, in their suits. And as soon as I stepped out the van, though, the guy started going on his bike going, Los Federales! Los Federales! 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 They thought the feds had showed up. <laughs> they're like, yeah, we're federal agents for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Because, you know, that's how they got, they got watches in the hood, right? <laughs> and the streets cleared, man. It was hilarious. It's like, no, we're not feds. We're not feds. And the pastor of the church was on the porch laughing. He was on the front of the porch. He was just laughing. Because, you know, as white as I am, <laughs> like, hey, the feds are here. But 
it says, now, how long will thou sleep, O sluggard? And this, I'm not here to talk about physical sleep because we all need it. Some of us get less than others, but we all need it. Talking about spiritually, a lot of us are asleep spiritually. There's so much that God wants to bring to life on the inside of us. But we've got to put the effort towards it. Did you ever see ants? They just do it. They just get in their line and they... Next thing you know, you see that loaf of bread just going down. <laughs> yeah, I watched too many cartoons when I was a kid. But they're but they, they busy and they get to work. As believers, we've got to be hungry for God, seeking after God, spending time with him, whatever time you can find. Even if it's five minutes in the morning, I suggest you spend five minutes with God before you do anything else. If you're married, before you say good morning to your wife, just say good morning to Jesus. And, then, and now, men, men, let me, try, let, me, let me tell you. If you're saying good morning to Jesus before you say good morning to your wife, they will not be offended. They might even start to love you even a little more because you're loving Jesus. Because every believing woman wants their man to love Jesus more than they love them. Because then they know the man will be in line with Scripture where it says, love your wives as Christ loves the church. Because if you're loving Jesus, oh, you're going to have to see men. Y'all in for it with this kingdom men thing. Y'all going to be able to love your wife. Praise God. Amen? But then it says, a little sleep and a little slumber, a little folding of the hands. What's the folding of the hands and a little of sleep, a little slumber? When we have that unction, anybody ever do this? I'll tell you, I'm a pastor, but I'll, I'll be honest and I'm always transparent with you. Sometimes a little more transparent than I should be, but that's what makes me who I am. Sometimes you'll feel that unction to pray. Anybody ever feel like, wow, I should pray right now? And how many of us do this? Eh. How oh, cool. Who's is on? Watch the news. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or, you know what? I feel like just singing a praise song or whatever it is. And we, we get the thought, but then we don't move on that thought. See, we've got to become people who are more like the ant, disciplined. Knowing that every morning when I get up, I'm going to pray. And hopefully, maybe we'll pray before we go to bed. And it'd be great if we could throw prayer in between there. Maybe, maybe, maybe I don't have time to do a lot of devotion because I work, I work all kinds of crazy hours and I get barely hard any sleep. But let me get one scripture in a day. Let me, maybe let me read Proverbs 1, verse 1. Whatever, maybe just one scripture. Get some word in you. Because I guarantee you, when you take that word and you put it in you, you're like depositing it in a spiritual bank account that God can pull it out when he needs to pull it out. Because remember, he told, he told the disciples, when the disciples say, but Lord, what shall we say? He said, take no, you have no worries about what to say because the Holy Ghost will bring to remembrance all that I have taught you. Well, if you're reading the word and it gets on the inside of you, then God can pull it out when he needs it. You see, so when you're reading the word, think of it as I'm depositing into my spiritual bank. We read Psalm 91 Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and Psalm 121 on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Those psalms are so in us that we could probably recite them backwards because we just they're in there. Psalm 23, you get Psalm 23 in you. 
so that when you get into a situation, you can be, yea, though I walk through the valley of this situation that's going on right now, I shall fear no evil, Lord, because I know thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, you can just go on. You're in the presence of my enemies. You prepare a table before me. God, even though I'm surrounded by my enemies right now, I know you're going to prepare a table for me. You're going to prepare a way to get out of this. But if it's not in there, you can't. That's like right now. If you don't have money in the bank, you can't go to an ATM and write an IOU. Like Wimpy and Papa, I'll gladly pay you on Tuesday for a hamburger today. That don't work. It doesn't work. See, I'm showing my age there to remember those kind of things. You know, and Popeye was, my, one of, was a great little cartoon. I don't know what he saw in olive oil, but <laughs> he liked her. Praise God. 1 Peter 5.8 says to be sober, to be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may be devour. So you got to understand, there is, even like when you look at the, the Chinese symbol, the yin and the yang, there's black and white. There is dark forces and there's, are, there's good forces that are at battle constantly. There is an enemy. There's an adversary. There's an opponent that roams around your life, roams around your house, looking for opportunity to come in and to devour you. He doesn't like you. He doesn't love you. He hates you. So Peter says, first off, you got to be sober. Now we know sober means a lot of people not drinking. You know, no smoking weed, none of that. Be, be, be sober. Be, but, it, but that translation means to be clear-minded. If you're drinking, that's why we don't drink. Because it keeps us clear-minded. Keeps us able to think properly. How many would recognize that most, a lot of the mistakes we may have made in our past had some other kind of substance effect on <laughs> that promoted it, amen? Like, like, like drinking. You may have made a bad choice one night because you were drinking, amen? Then the next night, next morning, you wake up and go, man, what? Oh, no. Well, he says, be sober. Be clear-minded. You got to be clear-minded. You can't, and that means you can't be. In, in, in 1 Kings 18, chapter 18, Elijah asked him, he said, how long are you going to be of two opinions? Either he's God or he's not. See, if you believe he's God, then you believe he's God. In all situations, in all things, not just some of the times, or not like I talked on, on Wednesday, not just when he's convenient to be God. See, a lot of times we want him to be God when we want something, but when we don't want him to be Sometimes like when we want to do something, we don't want him to be God because we want to go do what we need to do. He's God all the time. He never takes a day off. And he's always there for you. But we got to be sober. It says we got to be vigilant. To be vigilant, that means to be awake and on watch. You've got to be on watch your whole life. You can't be like the sluggard and just go through day after day after day. How do you stay on watch? Pray. See, you may pray today and not see anything, but you're planting ground. You're planting seed. You're preparing a way. You're making yourself ready. You're protecting your family. I guarantee you. And I don't even need to know, and I don't want to know, but I know there's times that God has already protected my daughter while she's driving by the prayers that we pray over her in the morning. Because I know I place garrisons of angels and heads of protection to surround me when I drive. 
Like, I, I, there's times where I'm like, wow, whew, ooh, God, that car should have hit me. You got to be awake. You got to be on alert. My daughter gets so mad at me all the time because I'm always, like, inspecting her. That's my job. When you, that's my job. I'm your dad. I got to inspect you spiritually. I got to inspect you physically. I got to be, hey, and, and then even when you're 18 and you're, and you're moving on, I'm going to be still inspecting you from a distance. That's our job. As a pastor, my job is to keep a watch on all y'all. But how can I do that if I'm not keeping watch on myself? It says, because your adversary, the devil, roars around like a, 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 a roaring lion. Notice this. Notice he didn't just say lion. He said roaring. Do you know why lions roar? One is, well, when they're looking for a mate, they're like, ooh, whatever. Right? Right? But the main way they do it is to proclaim territory. So the enemy, knowing he's defeated, knowing he's defenseless against your God, will still ride a roam around your house and roar to get you in fear, to get you into trauma, to get you to be worried about life and your situations. Notice he's just roaring. Rawr, oh, you're defeated. Rawr, you're depressed. Rawr, you're a loser. He's just doing all these things, roaring around, and you need to be so word filled and so filled with the Spirit of God, you can say, yo, shut up, lion. Hush up. This house here is protected by the blood of Jesus. Go roar somewhere else. Go back to the Bronx Zoo where you belong. Who let you out of your cage, devil? Get away from my family. How do you do that? You pray over your kids. You pray over your wife. You pray with your kids. You pray with your wife. And be ready. Life is about being prepared. If something happens in your life, are you prepared to handle it? You see, because if you're not spending time with Jesus on a daily basis, when something really comes your way, of course, you're going to run to him then, but you don't have any foundation to stand on because you haven't been with him on a daily basis. You've been married. We've been married 19 years. So we have established something together. Of course, when you're married 19 years, you do butt heads and, you know, you don't, it's not like a tiptoe through the tulips and there's birds singing and chirping every day in, in your life. But when, when, when the stuff hits the fan, there's a foundation that we know we're going to make it through it. We know, we know it's going to be all right. We know, we, we just know that that's this, this, it's just another thing in our life and we're going to see victory. Same thing with you personally with Jesus. You know, like when David faced Goliath, he said, the same God that delivered me from the hand of the lion and the paw of the bear is the same God that's going to deliver your Philistine carcass into my hand today. So you got to have a relationship with Jesus. So when something comes, you got to be ready. So when something comes up in your life, you can stand in front of that situation. Go, wait, no, no, no. We already been there, done that. Jesus and I already been through this. Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, help me through this. Jesus, drive me to my next destination and fill me with your spirit. And I have to stop because it's 12.15. But we don't want to be like those, the story of the ten virgins where five were ready and five were not. 
And then the funny thing about that scripture is the five that weren't ready had the money to have the things that they needed to be ready. They just didn't have it. So they, had, they went to the ones who had it and said, hey, let us get some of yours. And they were told no. And then they had to go get what they needed. And then they were late for missing the groom. Opportunities and things are going to happen in your life. Start getting ready for them now. Start getting ready for the trials and tribulations that are going to come, people. I'm not, I can't be a pastor and tell you that you're not going to go through stuff. You're going to go through stuff. But as a pastor, we need to get you ready for when they come that you'll be able to make it through. And the first step in that is to get your relationship with Jesus on solid ground, on solid foundation, and on a daily basis. Not a Sunday, Wednesday basis. Not a when I need a healing or when I, oh, oh, wait, it's time to pay the bills. Help me, Jesus. That's not the kind of relationship you need with Jesus. You need an everyday, daily relationship with Jesus so that you can be ready for life. Amen. Hallelujah. World Harvest Worship Center. Reaching our world. One life. One city. One nation at a time.